Tonight's episode is brought to you by Leap Spirits. Not only does September bring the start of football regular season, but for fans of Leap Spirits and Green Bay Packers, you know what? It was a great month this month. It was a great month last month because Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Leroy Butler was enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame back in August. Yeah, and Dane, to commemorate the special occasion and your upper football season, Leap Spirits created a Hall of Fame's limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest corn and incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides vagrant, vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only is it a must-have in any Packers fan's home bar, as we gear up the football season. When it's gone, this bottle is going to make the perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. It's so good. It goes fast too, doesn't it, Wags? Uh, Leap Vodka, it's been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was also recently awarded Wisconsin's number one vodka of the year. So folks, to find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in a retail store or a restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin, visit leapspirits.com and click to find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Hi, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here as always with my great friend Wags. Wags. Listen, we're coming in. It's a new week. Uh, dropped one last week, but we're previewing week two this week against the Chicago Bears. Uh, after a couple days off, how are you feeling um, going into week two? Ready to put that one behind us. It was always nice to recap. I, I know folks might think, well, it must really suck to recap after the Packers lose, but it's very therapeutic. So I'm very grateful that we were able to do that and, and move on. And uh, the good news is, is we're coming back to Lambeau. Dane and I switched up my hat. Um, apparently, the Packers cap was bad luck last week, so we'll give this one a try and see how we're doing here uh, during week two. We're not superstitious here, we're just a little stitious. And you know, the Packers coming off that difficult game uh, in week one, but I think a lot of reason for optimism right away. Um, Legs. I just think we're playing an inferior opponent this week. I'm just going to come out and say it right away. Uh, the Bears were able to to um, surprise, I think, a lot of folks in Week One uh, in Chicago, beating the the San Francisco 49ers. But quite frankly, they were playing in like monsoon style conditions. Uh, coming to Lambeau, it looks like it's going to be a clear day. I think it's going to be just it's going to be a tough matchup for the Bears when I look across their roster. Um, but obviously, and I, maybe we start here is the offensive line for the Green Bay Packers because that was um, a situation that we ran into last week. That was a huge challenge. So what do you know about it so far this week, Wags? I know practice, they're still working through some things, but um, how do you feel? Um, what's the injury situation look like? And, and if you don't mind giving us a quick update on that, that'd be great. Yeah, so David Bakhtiari didn't play, practice today. They made it sound like it was a planned day off. Um, so take what you will of that. I, I would have to say 
early, uh, were looking like, and it was already predicted uh, by uh, several uh, beat writers last week, right before the game, after it was announced that he and Alton Jenkins were going to be out, that likely is probably going to be the same thing for week two. So nothing in his practice status so far this week leads me to believe that he's going to play. Now, here's the question we've talked offline. I know there's a lot of Packer fans that are frustrated out there that David, by all accounts, is coming off of a third surgery that happened back in April. And he's been practicing for a month now. And so it's it maybe a little puzzling to figure out what exactly is the nature of this rehabilitation that he's able to go out there and practice for a month, but isn't ready on Sunday. So, um, you know, I'm not questioning the process, but I, I think there's a lot of confusion and rightfully so out there that this is related to his original ACL injury. Folks, mm-hmm. it's not related to the original ACL injury. Uh, but then that also begs the question, is this a chronic knee issue that he's dealing with or is this all just part of the rehab process? And it was really the plan all along that it was going to take him three, four five weeks of, of ramp up time to be ready to go. And that's assuming uh, that he's ready to go this Sunday or even in the subsequent couple of weeks, uh, because um, this is starting to feel Dane a lot like last season Yes. Uh, where we thought he was going to be back by week seven, eight, maybe was a little bit optimistic, but um, would give us half the season. Uh, come back to practice and adjust off and on. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, we get to week 17 before he's even able to give us a, a, a little bit out on the field. So um, Elton could be ramping up. Uh, he's been practicing. So if... If he's ready to go, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Elton Jenkins out there. I'm feeling less optimistic with David Bakhtiari's status uh, personally. Um, and then just – and I, I want to get your feelings on that too. Um, mm-hmm. John Runyon Jr. is still in the concussion protocol. So if he doesn't clear and doesn't practice by tomorrow, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Zach Tom make his first NFL start uh, at left guard on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, it's this is – not how we wanted to start the year, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here with our two premier offensive linemen, you know, more or less unlikely to play. I would agree with you. I think Elton Jenkins is probably more likely to play this week than David Bakhtiari at this point. Uh, and, and there's a good chance Elton Jenkins just is back well before David Bakhtiari is, right? Um, and probably ends up at that right tackle spot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where uh, I'm not sure what the difference a couple days make here and there as the season starts if Bakhtiari isn't ready yet. Um, so I'm wondering if long-term we're going to see, you know, more likely of a Yash Nyman left tackle, Elton Jenkins right tackle. And maybe that's why we saw Yash playing so much left tackle all throughout camp. Right. We can only glom so much on, but he's been getting a ton of run all camp um, and is clearly settling into that position. So, um, you know, it's concerning, though. It's also concerning that Runyon's not going to be able to go because now we're down. We're, we're really digging into six, seven and eight on our depth chart. Right. And and we're getting a, a first career start to Zach Tom. And we're going to be very likely playing with that same right side of the offensive line that had so many issues in week one. Uh, with Hanson at guard and with uh, Royce Newman over there at right tackle. So it's just not the strongest five that that I think that we were hoping for. The Packers elevated 
uh, Caleb Jones off the practice squad. He is now on the active roster. Uh, we've already got um, uh, Rashid Walker was another guy on this offensive line. So, you know, I'm not sure, Wags, if we're not going to continue to see some musical chairs as the season goes on until we get our healthy five guys in there. And that's a bit of a concern because Aaron was running for his life in week one. And, you know, we can still will about the wide receivers, but Rogers doesn't have time to deliver. Uh, it doesn't matter how good or bad wide receivers are. The quarterback's not going to be able to consistently get the ball to his receiver side. All right. So, Dane, you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know if that goes on my end, uh, but um, check that connection over there. We're going to keep going. I, I think the the question that I have is with David, just to go back to him, and we don't need to dwell on this because this is all we don't have any more information. But I, I think the question that you and I and a lot of Packer fans out there are trying to figure out is, it, you know, this isn't a soft tissue injury. So this isn't an ankle that, you know, he sprained a few weeks ago and, and some additional rest is going to help him. He's been out there practicing. Again, I know I just said this, but he's been practicing for a month now. And so then what is exactly the plan and the process? That's what's puzzling to me because David Bakhtiari played an awful lot of football. I have a hard time believing that he really needs a month to be ready to play. Right in the game. Uh, but then if he's healthy enough to go out there and take practice reps, then why isn't he healthy enough after a month of practice to be out there on Sunday? Um, so that's what I'm puzzling. And I, I, I there, there's gotta be more to this that, that we're not hearing about. And I understand that the Packers aren't going to say anything more than right. what they have. Uh, but I, I think it's fair, Dane, do you agree that it's fair to question uh, the process here because it just logically does really make a lot of sense. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not, you know, and we don't know, we're not privy to all the details, but mm -hmm. this is what I said a few months ago. Uh, could it be that this is just a chronic inflammation and David at some point is going to have to decide, is this something I'm going to play through or is it not? And I, I, I know that that might be a little bit unfair to, to throw out there, but that's re that's the reality or it could be the reality. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out is we're five months removed from his surgery and that was a cleanup procedure. I, I just, and he's been practicing for a month. I, I, something tells me that this isn't a normal, you know, rest and rehabilitation situation there there's more that's going on here and i, I don't mean to be cynical about it but dane what, what do you think about that or yeah. i um, think it's fair yeah. i think it's completely fair what you're saying because why we have to be able to speculate at a certain point he's not able to go and he hasn't been able to go and i, I just you know at a certain point what's you know what's what's the deal right and 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 the packers have been i think um particularly vague on the subject. Um, they're not very direct with it. And now they're saying, oh, this is part of the plan. You know, oh, he's going to, he's not going to practice three days in a row and all that. It's just, it, this isn't how superstar athletes normally are handled coming back from an injury. And I guess that's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at David. I'm looking at the, the uh, knowledge base of every other athlete that we've seen over the course of, you know, our almost 40 years on earth, like this just isn't how it's normally done. So that's what really gives me a cause for concern at this point. It's been a long time and he just doesn't seem ready to go yet. 
Yeah, and this is how it started last season too, exactly. where it was just, oh, this is a planned day off, and you know, uh, then they shut them down for a week. So I'm going to be very curious to see what happens here. But um, it's you know, you always say actions are louder than words, and mm-hmm. if David Bakhtiar is not out there practicing all of a sudden, I think that tells you all you have to know. So um, that being said, I I think it's fair to say that we'll plan to go into this week, most likely without him. And um, Elton perhaps is a 50-50. They might be playing that one close to the vest, but uh, perhaps he's ready to go, perhaps not. Uh, Dane, if he's not out there, do you think we're going to see that same look? Assume that John Run Jr. doesn't clear, or even if he's cleared, they decide he hasn't practiced all week, he's not ready to go, or he's a kind of an emergency backup. Um, If if it's, do you agree that it would be Zach Tom at left guard in that situation? And then we're going to go out there again. We saw that right side of the line uh, with uh, Royce Newman at right tackle and with Jake Hansen at right guard had a lot of trouble at times last week against the Vikings. Uh, does that give you any pause cause for concern or do you think there was just some things that they'll be able to clean up and improve on performance wise against the bears? No, I mean, pause for concern might be an understatement from my perspective. Um, you know, I just don't think Royce Newman's a right tackle in the league. I think he's a guard and I think he can be an effective guard. Um, but I'm not sure if the Packers right side would look all that much better uh, going into week two. Granted, they're not playing the same level of talent as the the Minnesota Vikings pass rushers. But um, no, I mean, I, I think ideally I would have liked, um, obviously, running back at left guard and Zach Tom kicked out to right tackle, Royce Newman bumping back into right guard. That would have been my ideal scenario if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari don't go. Um, so no, I think that, you know, that will completely shape the game plan. Um, if, if this is the scenario we have with Zach Tom, uh, playing left guard there. And uh, I mean, you know, all of a sudden we're going to have Jake Hansen, who's been in the uh, um, in, in the league for a few years, but, um, you know, second start uh, of his career is going to be at right guard. We're going to have Zach Tom with his first start at left guard. I, and and um, and Royce Newman's second start at right tackle in his career. I mean, it's just a, a inexperienced offensive line at this point, and it, it, it is a cause for concern. So um, Packers, you know, Rogers going to have to get the ball out of his hands and somehow we're going to need to set the tone with the run game early and often, but this Packers offense is going to have to be creative wags. Cause I just, I'm not confident that Aaron's going to have, you know, four or five seconds to sit back there and, and, and make the big throw with the, the current offensive line as it's assembled, um, down the road. Could we get there? Yeah. Week two. I'm just not confident after what we witnessed in week one. Yeah, so I think that's a good segue into some of the key matchups because it looks like we've got pretty good news for the rest of the injury report uh, for the other positions. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you say that the the Bears defensive line doesn't have quite the performance as the Vikings did, and I agree when you look across the board, but Mm -hmm. Robert Quinn coming off a career year last year with 18 and a half sacks is going to be a problem if we don't have a plan for cleaning up some of those uh, uh, pass blocking situations and making sure that you're in the right position. And and look, I mean, even a guy like Afadin Muhammad uh, comes over from Indianapolis, uh, not known as a huge sack guy, uh, but a veteran player, and, and he's always been kind of in that Preston Smith mold, I would say, uh, in terms of his pressures and his sack numbers. Um, Not a traditional high leverage edge rusher, uh, but if if 
if you've got some holes and you're not able to clean some things up between those two, they could still give us a problem. And I'll tell you what, Robert Quinn's had some nice performances against the Packers over the years. So, um, so I, I'm not without concern uh, yeah, with the talent yeah. that we're going to be facing here, uh, and especially looking at the tape, the way the Vikings were able to move some guys around, exploit some of those mismatches uh, in certain down and distance situations. I wouldn't be surprised to see the bears copy that and have Robert Quinn moving around and uh, seeing how they can put him in the best position to exploit some of those mismatches. So Dane, when you look at this uh, bears defensive front, yeah. Um, you know, is it going to be incumbent on the Packers to, you know, uh, back up what they said post game and, and get that run game established here against the Bears? Um, or are they going to come out firing and try to, to really uh, push the ball downfield against this Bears secondary and hope that that kind of puts these guys um, a, a little bit back mm -hmm. in position and they're not really just able to pin their ears back? Wags, I've got to think they start with the run game. Um, the, one of the positives from week one, again, folks, small sample size, but if Zach Tom does end up starting at left guard, I did really like the pairing in the run game of Yash Nyman and Zach Tom. I thought that they were able to make some push, uh, certainly in the early in the second half when they were able to get together. Um, I'd like to explore that a little bit more. Um, you know, as much uh, maligned as the right side of the offensive line is, I think that those two together can make a pretty formidable um, run game there. So I would love to start there. And we said it last week, man, Aaron Jones needs to touch that ball more often. And and A.J. Dillon, I thought, had an appropriate amount of touches. But, but Aaron Jones just needs to get those touches. I would love for the Packers to come out and just commit to Aaron Jones, getting some of those carries between the tackles in addition to AJ Dillon. Um, the, the, the pass game is going to open up. I, I, I assure you it's going to, but I think that we set the tone with the run at home at Lambeau field early. And if we can get the play action going a little bit as the game progresses, that's going to be lethal. But Wags, I, I don't think in my eyes with the, the state of the current offensive line, I'm not confident. All right, Aaron, you're going to go throw the ball 45 times today. You know, I think it's let's set the tone. Let's run the ball. Uh, probably our two ta most talented offensive players outside of Aaron Rodgers are our running backs. So let's ride that wave and let those guys set the tone of this game. Yeah, it's easier said than done. You got a guy like Roquan Smith in the middle at the second level. Um, certainly one of the most productive linebackers in the league over the last several seasons. And the one thing that you don't want to do is get into situations where you're pu you're putting yourself in more challenging down sure. and distances by saying we need to establish the run mm -hmm. um, that sounds good on paper and i'm not faulting you because i agree with you however it's still a league where passing on first down uh tends to be the the, the direction that you want to go offensively uh in order to have success moving the football so i it, it is going to be interesting to see how they manage that because uh, yeah, Aaron Jones is a big key to me this week. And whether it means more touches on the ground running the ball or more touches through the air, um, I think either way, they're going to need to get him more involved. Mm -hmm. And perhaps we um, see a little bit more of both he and Dylan on the field at the same time. We saw a lot of that last week, uh, but I think we could see even more of that um, with, with some, you know, basically 
uh, 12 or 13 personnel, um, have both he and Dylan in the backfield. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got your Robert Tunyon, you've got your Josiah DeGuara out there. Uh, and that gives you a lot of versatility, as you said, not only to run the ball, because you've got your blockers then, but you, you've got play action on either direction of the field um, with, with those tight ends and both of those running backs. Yeah. So it, it puts a lot more pressure on the defense when they've got to cover sideline to sideline like that. And that's what some of those personnel groupings can accomplish. So um, I, I, I agree. And I think that is definitely certainly one direction that the Packers can go as they're making adjustments coming into this game. Um, I have a question for you, Wags. as we talk about the run game, but the inverse with the pass here, um, do you see the Packers wide receivers being able to take advantage of uh, a less than deep defensive backfield for the Chicago bears? I mean, we know who Eddie Jackson is, but a lot of these DBs are, are not guys that are necessarily household names at this point, much like the Packer wide receivers. Um, but do you see a scenario where, um, you know, Aaron's able to gain some confidence in week two and using this as a bit of a launching pad with some of these young wide receivers? Yeah, but it's still going to be a learning curve is is what I would guess. What I would like to see is that Aaron is looking at Romeo Dobbs as mm -hmm. one of his first two options. It seemed like he might have been further down in the progression uh, on a number of those um, uh, plays that he was out there. And instead of looking at... Um, Randall Cobb or Sammy Watkins as the first or second in the progression. Uh, maybe it's Romeo Dobbs. If he's drawing the Bears' third best corner or Christian Watson, that's that might be where we're able to exploit mm -hmm. the mismatches. And I understand that he was a little bit, and I'm talking about Aaron, a little bit frustrated with some of the mental mistakes and maybe they weren't lined up or running the right route on certain plays. Uh, but he's going to have to live with that because what I saw a lot was uh, Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins uh, are not at the point where they're able to create a lot of separation on their own. And so it's going to be incumbent on those two young guys to be able to stretch the defense a little bit. And until they're able to do that and get in sync with number 12, defenses aren't going to respect uh, what they're able to do downfield. And, and that's not going to open up some of those short intermediate uh, routes for guys like Watkins or even Alan Lazard that looks like he'll be ready to come back this week uh, or Randall Cobb. So to me, Dane, um, it's it's really about getting those reads and I, I just hopefully those those guys being able to get a little bit more in sync and build more confidence and trust with their quarterback. Um, the more they can do that, uh, the, the better we're going to be in terms of opening things up with this offense. Uh, I, I also would say, Dane, I, I just want to throw this back at you. What yeah. is the impact of Alan Lazard coming back? Because he's not one of those guys that we think of is able to create that separation on his own, but obviously he's got the chemistry and he's mm -hmm. another very productive uh, receiver that uh, is someone that we expect to be on the same page with number 12. So what impact could that have uh, this week if he's able to go as well? Well, Wanks, he's such an interesting um, figure, I think to me, Lazard, there's been a couple times in his career where it looks like he's about to take off. And then he's had kind of these freak injuries uh, where they take him out for a few games. So um, as much as we, I feel like we know who Lazard is, I also think that there's some untapped potential there. 
Um, I think he can be a thousand yard wide receiver in the league. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's a 1500 yard guy and, you know, a 12 touchdown guy, but I think that he can be a consistent wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers and, and be a weapon who catches the ball, helps move the chains and can make some big plays here and there in addition to his blocking and, you know, some of his intermediary routes. So I think that he's going to be an important piece to this offense because, you know, it's another guy that Rodgers, I think, has a lot of trust in and somebody that I think Rodgers is going to try to fit uh, the ball into some tight spaces. So, um, you know, anytime he has that kind of guy, it may potentially open up some of the rest of the offense uh, when he's got somebody who can, you know, maybe win a one-on-one and we've seen him do it before. So I'm eager to see how Alan Lazard fits in to this new Packer offense. It's old offense, but anything it's, it's, it's post Devante offense, right? Um, so uh, we're going to see for the first time what Allen's going to be able to do in this, but I think that Rogers has a lot of trust in him. And, and from that aspect, I think there, the, there's nothing, there's nowhere to go, but up um, from, from that perspective. So let's see what Allen can do, but I do think he can also potentially open things up for some of these other young guys. You mentioned Dobbs who I'm eager to see, but I'm, I'm really excited to see Christian Watson, uh, because you know, he's somebody that if he catches that ball last week, everybody's talking about, Oh my gosh, Christian Watson, you know, this and that, uh, he dropped the ball and he goes, you know, in the, in the mulligan category now. So I want to see him be able to put it together. He did the hard stuff last week. Um, if they're focusing on Lazard a little bit more, does that mean Watson gets to eat a little bit more remains to be seen, but I think the Packers wide receivers stack up well against the Chicago bears defensive backfield. Yeah. Okay. So Dane, I think we should take a break here and talk about our sponsors, uh, starting with DraftKings Sports, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And uh, right now with DraftKings, uh, NFL's opening week was action-packed and just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, with a, our promo code TPPN, you can make a bet of $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Wags, do you want more action? I mean... Everyone can experience Phil DraftKings early win promotion. And it's simple, folks. Uh, this Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So, folks, please listen to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so Dane, let's also talk about our other sponsor that we wanted to hit on, Raycon. Of course, Raycon headphones. Uh, they've got some awesome earbuds out there, and I'm sporting them now. But Dane, just some really good features, very crisp sound, and um, I, I think that these are uh, just awesome in, in terms of just listening quality, your favorite podcast, your favorite music. Uh, I really can't go anywhere without them. Love to wear the Raycon headphones while I'm out walking my dog. Um, and Dane, what, what is your favorite feature 
of these headphones? Oh, Wags. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I've got a two and a half year old kid at home. So it's the noise isolation is what I am all about. They work incredibly well. The kid's throwing a tantrum upstairs, doesn't want to go to bed. I can uh, turn on some music and just chill out. So I, I love these Raycon headphones too, Wags. I think they're super cool. And listen, they play forever. That's what I really like about these, man. It's like, folks, if, if you haven't used these before, eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. So if you're like me, you forget to charge things. These are a great, great, great thing to purchase. So please check out Raycon headphones. Yep, absolutely. So go to buyraycon.com today and use code TPPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off buyraycon.com code TPPN15. All right, so Dane, let's go over to the Bears offense against yeah. this Packer defense. And I got to tell you, right off the top, I know that uh, there's lots of Bear fans out there that like to compare Justin Fields and what he's doing to our backup quarterback, in Jordan Love. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that says a lot. And I, But that said, I, I watched some of that Bears game against the 49ers last week. And um, even though it was a monsoon and you really can't take a lot out of what happened in that game. Uh, to be honest, I was pretty impressed with how Ju uh, um, uh, Justin Fields carried himself and was very composed. And it seems like he uh, was able to be a big part of the Bears' comeback and, and really putting a stamp on that week one win. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, all the more reason that our young rookie Walker um, coming back, I think it'd be really helpful uh, for this Packers defense. Obviously we don't want to see young guys growth get stunted by, you know, an injury early in his career. Uh, but if he's able to bounce back in week two, um, I think he could be one of the, the um, prime uh, reasons, you know, for a Packer victory. And, and the reason I say that is because fields is really good with his legs and Wags to your point, watching him. I watched a lot of that game too, because I knew we were going to be playing the bears um, he moves incredibly well when he takes off and he makes a decision to run, he can be exceedingly dangerous. And that's where I think that Walker, um, you know, so fast sideline to sideline, um, he's somebody that could really, really, um, cause some difficulty for him. Because if you let Justin Fields, um, settle in, he's like any other NFL quarterback, right? He's going to make a lot more than he misses. Um, so I think the Packers, it's going to be, uh, incumbent on, Joe Barry to a come up with a more creative defensive scheme than what he did in week one, which I was just exceedingly underwhelmed by. Um, but B we're going to need to pressure fields and not let him beat us during some of the broken plays um, because that's where he really takes off. So if the Packers can contain him in the pocket and get some hits on fields early, I really like our chances. I don't think that there's a lot of mismatches at the uh, skill positions for the bears, but really it really starts and ends with Justin Fields athleticism. And uh, if he can beat the Packers with his legs as much as with his arm. Yeah. I think they don't have a lot of skill position mismatches. That's a bit of an understatement. So um, <laughs> that's, that's about as complimentary as we're going to get now after uh, just hyping up Justin Fields. I think the biggest concern I would have yeah. is with his legs. We've had, we've yes. seen that over the years and uh, quarterbacks that 
have that mobility. They get out of the pocket, and they put a lot of stress on this 3-4 defense. Uh, you highlighted Quay Walker. Uh, he's a big part, I think, of being able to contain uh, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Fields and obviously Devondre Campbell. So those guys being able to range and, and cover that flat and that second level uh, can, can really – help in that containment. So um, that's going to be a big part, I think, of of the game plan this week. Wide receivers, uh, if we can't respond after last week um, and that debacle, I mean, you're looking at really uh, Emmanuel, I'm sorry, um, in terms of uh, on the Bears sideline, uh, Mooney is the guy, um, Darnell Mooney, and he, he, you know, he's not a world beater. By any means, so um, no. folks, Equimania St. Brown is their Thank number you. two receiver. How is that? I mean, I, I that blows my mind. I'm not trying to pile on the guy, but like, how is he the number two receiver in the NFL? I just don't get it. That's a good question. I think Cole Komet is is has potential as a solid tight end in this league, but he's still a pretty young guy and and hasn't really shown it from a production standpoint. I feel like the Packers are pretty well matched up against him with our guys in the middle, as well as Adrian Amos over the top. So uh, he doesn't, he, you know, he might make some catches, but he, he doesn't give me a lot of concern considering the Bears just really don't have guys on the outside to put a lot of stress or pressure on this defense. Um, so I expect not only a response due to some of the uh, underwhelming performance that our secondary gave us last week, but quite honestly, just because the talent disparity between this Packers secondary and this Bears set of wide receivers is such that there really is no excuse uh, if they're not able to pretty much you know, really not only just contain, but frankly, they should be shutting down yeah. a, a wide receiver group of this caliber. You know who I want to see step up is uh, on the back end, Adrian Amos. Um, and I and I thought he had probably the worst game I've seen him play in green and gold uh, last week. He just looked out of sorts, looked out of position. There was a lot of confusion. Uh, and that is so not his MO uh, that that it was, it was odd to see. I expect a big bounce back week for Adrian against his former team. So that's somebody to take a look at, Wags, I think, in the back end. I think he's going to be flying around. Uh, this week, and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder after what we saw. And to your point, man, our cornerbacks should be matching up man-to-man with these guys and dominating. Uh, there should be dominating performance this week against this wide receiver group. And if there's continues to be miscommunication, um, that's a big, big red flag for me uh, going into the rest of the season because we have too much talent on this defense to get pushed around by this type of uh, Chicago Bears offense. Yeah, and I think uh, another response I want to see is from the defensive line. Yes. Uh, they they did they had some moments early in the game uh, that they were able to do pretty well against the front, uh, but just didn't really see that the overall pressure and push uh, throughout the four quarters last week. And that was a group, this was a group, remember, coming into week 1 that defensive coordinator Joe Barry classified as special. <laughs> I, I I mean, I don't think Joe Barry just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just our secondary, our defensive line contain and coverage starts with pressure on the quarterback. And so the defensive line is the first uh, mode of defense, if you will. And so they, they need to be putting pressure on Justin Fields and not giving him time to roll around out there and, and wreak havoc. Uh, so I, I expect a, a big response from the guys up front. And I'm not just talking about Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith, right. I'm talking about 
all the way across that defensive line. So uh, the Bears uh, O-line did okay last week. Again, conditions, it's really hard to measure. Um, 49er front is usually pretty good at getting pressure. Um, they gave a couple sacks, but it, it, with those, the condition of the field and, and the weather, it, it was nobody was really able to get any traction. Uh, particularly in the second half. So not really sure how much I would read into that, but the defensive line needs to respond in a big, big way. Yeah, and looking looking at that group, I mean, I just look at the offensive line for the Bears, and I think that Kenny Clark should feast this week in the interior. He had six pressures last week um, against uh, you know the, the the Vikings, and I don't see why he doesn't have something similar this week based on the talent across the room. I just think Kenny Clark across both lines is probably the – the best guy on the field. Yep, absolutely. So Dane, is it time? Yeah, um, I think it, we man. should get into our Leap Spirits X Factors of the Week. Leap Spirits um, commemorative Leroy Butler bottle is in stores now. To find Leap Spirits at a location near you, go to leapspirits.com and click on Find Leap Spirits. So, Dane, I'm going to tee this up. Let's stick with the defense first this week. Mm. I, I'm really curious to hear who you have highlighted as a potential defensive X factor going into week two here against the Bears? Wags, that's a really, really good question. I thought you were going to go offense on me. So now I'm a little thrown through a loop, but I'm going to stick with who I mentioned earlier. I think it's Adrian Amos. I think that um, after a really tough week last week, he bounces back. Um, he's got to be kind of the captain of that defensive backfield there. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to make sure that the guys are in order. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, playing against former team. These guys always seem to find a little extra juice when they do that. So um, all of the above, I think Fields is going to be under a lot of disarray in the game. And Amos might be the guy to capitalize on that. So Adrian Amos is my uh, Leap Spirits X Factor uh, going into week two. All right. Fantastic. I was a little bit torn on this one. It'd be sexier to pick one of our secondary guys, uh, mm -hmm. perhaps get an interception, pick six, whatever. Um, I'm going to go a little boring and I'm going to go Dean Lowry. And here's why. He, veteran guy, seemed invisible, just didn't see him out there. He's got to hold himself and the rest of the defensive line to a higher standard. And I really think that uh, Dean Lowry, he's been a solid teammate, a good leader, He's going to come out, and I think he's going to make an impact in terms of playing at a high-intensity level and just set the tone. Um, certainly, he's not the star of that defensive line group. I completely understand that, but I think he can be a tone setter. And usually when we see Dean Lowry getting pressures, getting into the backfield, and making his presence felt uh, at times throughout the game, that's that's a good sign. I don't mean that as a pejorative way, but I, I really think that he can be someone that all of a sudden you said, where was that last week? Um, and uh, so I'm going to go with Dean Lowry this week as my defensive back. Just watch Dean Lowry's going to have like two sacks and a fumble recovery for First a fumble. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, I'm one for one in my defensive X factor prediction, by the way. So <laughs> not that I'm Who's counting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Dane, I'll uh, take the lead here on the offensive mm -hmm. side of the ball. I'm just going to go with Alan Lazard. Uh, I, I, it looks like he's going to play, so I hope I didn't just jinx him. Uh, but I think it will be easy to point to you after this game and say, oh, that makes a difference. I don't think – and I said this last week, and I, I really mean this. Uh, Alan Lazard isn't the Devontae Adams-ish wide receiver one in terms of what we expect him to make in, in as an impact. 
in a single game or throughout the season. However, I think he can have kind of a settling and calming impact. Uh, he's got that great connection with Aaron Rodgers. You know that he knows where he's going to be, and that just gives a little bit of a jolt of confidence, I think, for this Packer uh, passing game. And I, it might also give a little bit of confidence to some of our young guys because all of a sudden they can go out there in, in certain groupings, and they're consistently going to get the third or the fourth or even the fifth corner uh, lining up against them. And that just kind of resets the order and takes a little bit of pressure off those younger guys. And all of a sudden, they're going to get open, and it just makes things easier for everyone in this offense. So I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. I think he can have a, a nice return to action this week, uh, get in the end zone. He's a nice red zone threat, um, and so I think he's going to get in the end zone this week and make his presence felt immediately with this Packers offense. That'd be great. I, I, I love to hear that. Um, I really do. I think that's a good selection, Wags. I'm going to go a uh, different position group um, and – Really, I think it's because I thought he had a really solid week one and he's going to build off that going into week two. I'm going to go with Josiah DeGuara, Wags. Um, I, I thought that um, last week he had a couple nice catches. Um, I was actually shocked uh, last week when you told me how few snaps he had uh, compared to a couple of the other tight ends compared to Mercedes Lewis and Tunyon um, because I thought that uh, that just showed me that every time he was on the field, he was popping. He seemed like he was on the field more than the snap count showed. Um, so going into this week, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the backfield a little bit in that kind of that fullback role, but also get into kind of that tight end role and that H-back role as well we've seen over the course of uh of this rivalry that uh, the packers can go to some of those tight end positions i think of dominic daphne a couple of years ago uh this week i think it's going to be uh, uh josiah deguara building off of week one starting to come into his own i think he actually has a real shot at a touchdown wags and kind of one of those short line touchdown passes from aaron Rodgers. so josiah deguara not only that but also on special teams i just think that he's going to be a guy who's going to stand out this week. So he's going to be my offensive uh, Leaf Spirits X Factor for week two. All right. So put your name on it. I like it. There you go, yeah. folks. Um, so score predictions. Dane, I let it off last week. So I'm going to put this on you. How big of a blowout are you predicting here against the Bears in week two? Well, first of all, I love David and thanks everybody. Shadi, John, all these awesome guys coming on our pod. Uh, we're doing this live right now. So thank you for jumping on. Uh, David said, if we lose, I need vodka. Um, well, Leap Spirits Vodka. Go get some, David. It's delicious. Um, so my prediction for this week, it's uh, going to be 28 to 17 Green Bay Packers. I'm not even sure if it's that close of a game, uh, but I think the Packers defense plays really well. Uh, gives some short fields for Aaron Rodgers in this offense. Uh, I'm not sure if the offense gets cooking right away, Wags, but I think by the mid-second quarter, we start playing downhill Fields gets a little bit hurried, and uh, we take advantage of some mistakes late, really take care of business. The Packers look a little bit better in week two, obviously, and they come out with a victory. Okay. Um, I think the offense, you know, I'm not going to predict big, big points for them, but this is not that close, Dane. All right. Uh, it's going to be 31-3 to by the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's 31-10 is going to be the final. Bears can get a late garbage time touchdown. This is, no, this Love let's this. Not, stop messing around. We're going to respond in a big way this week. And uh, this defense is not giving up 17 points to this Bears offense. If that happens, I will eat my words, Dane. But I will <laughs> actually be upset 
in victory if we only win 28 to 17. I want to smack down. Let's take care of business okay. and uh, let's get out there. The offense may not be perfect this week. I, I get that. Uh, but um, I expect the defense to just really just lay uh, the hammer down against this Bears team. And this is not going to be a close game. So I'm putting my name on it. Normally yes. we try to be a little bit conservative. No, nope, not uh, today, baby. Nice if job, we Wes. think this Packer team, and even if they are going to take a bit to get to that finished product over the course of the season, but if this Packer team, I know the Bears beat the 49ers last week. Whatever, throw that out. I, it, the weather, Soldier Field, it was a disaster. The Packers should not be allowing this Bears team to be anywhere close to competing. And if they do, I'm going to have a heck of a lot more concern when we come back next week and do the recap uh, than I did even in the week one loss. So, um, Dane, I'm throwing it out there. Um, let's coast to an easy win. We're going to feel a lot better about this defense after week two than we did in week one. Wags, we did it again. Preview complete. Folks, we'll be back. Monday evening, uh, 7.30, to recap the Packers' hopefully huge win against the Chicago Bears. Thank you so much for following us. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, always drop us a line. Thank you. We love you all for following us. It's already week two in the NFL. Say it, Wags. Bring us home. Yep. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck Only thing I will